Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hi, over there. Hi to all of you who are watching online. We are beginning a new series today. Basically, we just came up with this name, Collateral Effect, I think it is. Uh, press down, good measure, shaken together. Uh, there is a, a collateral effect, an effect that comes with every decision that we make. If you love, you're going to get love in return. Kindness gets kindness in return. There's always this collateral impact or effect on our lives when we do what Jesus says to do. And so this month, I'm going to be addressing uh, our blessing, addressing our blessing. How do I get blessed? Well, you choose blessing because blessing has already chosen you. Salvation has already chosen you. The promises of God for all people. The challenge is choosing some of the things that, that God wants us to do is very difficult. One of the very first things, probably most difficult, is forgiving. Is, is our ability to forgive others who have hurt us. But the second probably most difficult thing is giving. So forgiving and giving are two of the most difficult things that we face as Christians. So today I'm going to help us face those. This whole month I'm going to help us face those. Uh, actually, the, the giving aspect. Uh, a friend of mine owns a business, or actually several businesses, and uh, I was with them, it was been probably six or seven months ago, and they had... Uh, told me, they told me that they had gone to a Tony Robbins conference. Now, I don't care. Well, I'm not saying that, to, you know, some people like Tony, some don't, they, you know, his methods or whatever. But, but what they said was, they said it was so powerful, and they paid $10,000 to go. They're business people. No, they said, you know, they, they've got the money, their business. We just want to continue to grow, they said. They said it was like a church service. The atmosphere was so thick. The teaching on confidence and principles was... And I thought, you know, why don't we do that in church? And let me tell you one reason we don't. Because the church has been conditioned to believe what CNN says, Critical News Network, about the local church. And, uh, you know, about pastors teaching on finances. And, you know, in the old church school, a way of thinking was... And this is what I grew up believing in the church I grew up in. Money is the root of all evil. That is a misquote. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's love of money, not money. Money's a good thing. Well, trust me, money is a good thing. And, and I want to get this in our heads because I grew up under that, that, that paradigm that if you had money, you probably were not very spiritual. Well, you know what I found out? I became a lot more spiritual when I had money. And I could make a greater difference in people's lives if I had money. Now, I've never pursued it. I don't love it. Let me tell you what I love. I love what money can do to help people. I love that. But I don't love money. I love what it can do to help people. So we today have to adjust our mindset. Uh, John said, I, I, I would above all things that you prosper... And be in health even as your soul prospers. So let's break this down. 
I would above all things, God's saying, that you prosper. He said, I would above all things. Now, that's the fruit of what I'm about to say. You'll get to the root in a minute. I would above all things that you prosper, secondly, and be in good health. So he's saying prosperity and health are critical to who we are. Even as your soul prospers. So prosperity of currency without prosperity of soul is often a weight that we cannot bear. That's the reason many lottery winners end up either dead or miserable or numerous other places in their lives. Addicts, because their soul didn't prosper to match the prosperity that they just won. So we have to change the way we think about money in order to possess money. The Bible tells us that God has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. That we get to choose how we live that out. A lot of pastors are very soft on teaching about finances because of the criticism. I, on the other hand, have crossed over another decade. And there are just things broken in me. My care about what you think is broken because I'm not going to withhold from you one of the most important things that we need to be talking about in the local church. The devil would love it if we barely get by. The devil loves it when churches can't pay their rent. Loves it when they can't pay their mortgages. Loves it when they're barely getting by. He loves it. And I hate the devil. And the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So the thief is the devil. Let me tell you, I've heard it many times as a pastor. Well, all the church wants is your money. No, that's Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Nordstrom's, Best Buy, do I need to go on? You know, they're the ones that want your money, and then they charge you interest if you borrow it from them. So we have to change our paradigm, our way of thinking. So I'm going to give you the five enemies of increase. If you don't want to increase in your life, and, and I don't think, if we're all honest, uh, that anyone in here would say, I, I just don't want any more money. Do we have anybody like that? You just don't, because if you need somebody to help take it off, anyway, um, if, if you don't want any more money, you don't want any more blessing, I've just never heard anybody say, I, don't, I, just, I just don't want to be blessed anymore. Why did God say if you give, it'll be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? He said, look, I, I, I'm not the El Chipo, I'm El Shaddai. He is the God of more than enough. That's who he is. Jehovah Jireh, or Jehovah Yiri, depending on how you pronounce it. None of us know Hebrew, so say it however you want. That's who he is. He's our provision. And God wants to provide, but there are ways that he set it up, just like being saved. If you want to be saved, you call upon the name of the Lord. You have a role to play in your salvation. It's not a works role, it's a faith role. So, Everybody has the opportunity to be saved, but some people determine, I'm not going to pray a prayer of repentance or salvation. And you know what? That's your choice. You have the power to choose. But you have a role to play. Not everybody's going to heaven. There's this theology out there that everybody's going to heaven, they just don't know it yet. That is a wrong theology. And if you're watching and you think that's true, why did Jesus die on the cross if everybody's going to heaven? We just didn't know it. He paid a price. He said, but you know what? 
you need to call on my name. The thieves on the cross, one of them mocked him. The other one said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today, you, not you, sir, you will be with me in paradise. He demonstrated for us in that moment on the cross that we had to exercise faith in him. The, the principles of God are no different. The willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. You have a role to play if you want to eat the good of the land. You have to be both willing and obedient. And so today, there are five enemies that I've identified, at least in my life, throughout my life, that, that these are things I have to be aware of. Number one, well, let me read Philippians chapter 3 first. Because this is not a simple process because we're all working with our flesh. Everybody in here has flesh. Some of you right now are sitting on the edge of your seat wondering if I'm going to say something that contradicts what you already believe. The answer to that is yes. I am going to say something, I'm sure, that will be a brand new paradigm in the way you think about giving. Some people treat Jesus like he's a waiter. They don't pay the bill, they tip him. And... A tip is just a simple gratuity, and we feel good about doing something. I don't feel good about doing something. I feel good about obeying what God says. Paul said, Philippians 3.13, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. This is one of the greatest apostles of all time. Two-thirds of the book in the Bible are written by Paul, somewhere around there. And Paul is saying, I, I have not taken hold of it yet. So he has this humility about him. He said, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He said, man, it is hard to forget what's back here, and I'm straining to get what's out here. So Paul identifies with all mankind for, throughout every generation that we are straining in our lives. And I'll talk more about some of the things Paul said in his life that he reveals to us in his writings. He said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Paul said, one of the reasons for my press and my pursuit and my strain is because God has promised me a prize. Religious people hate it when you tell them what God will do for them when you do what you're supposed to do. They say, well, that's the only reason you're doing it. No, I'm doing it out of obedience, but I sure like the, the fact that God says, I'm going to give you a prize. I'm going to do stuff for you if you walk in obedience to me. It's not like I'm giving to get or doing. I'm, I'm, I love giving. But I also, like Paul, know that there is a prize that the devil does not want me to possess. There's a peace that passes all understanding. There is a press down and shaken together and running over that the devil does not want me to possess. He wants you to just get by. He wants me to just get by. And there are a lot of Christians who love the martyr mentality. Woe is me. I just love Jesus. And, you know, I, I don't want anything from him. Listen to me. For God so loved the world that he gave. He said, I'm giving my son to you. God is a giver. 
He is a blesser. I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. Give and it shall be given. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I'll open the windows of heaven. Pour out so much blessing you won't have room enough to contain it all. I bless the righteous. I surround them with favor as with a shield. Everything about the Bible and God speaking to us is good stuff. And only religion will keep you from the promises of God. Religious mindsets will block you from blessings. Paul said, it's not happening to me. So he pins these words. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if at some point you think differently, that too... God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. The Bible in another verse says, To him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it's sin. So once we acquire the right knowledge of the Bible and know what to do and we don't do it, that becomes sin. So I need to forgive in order to be forgiven. That's what the Bible says. So I know, I know, I know I'm supposed to give, so I can't go around holding bitterness toward people. I can't walk around angry with people. I have to forgive. Is it easy? Not at all. Every now and then, on a bad day, you just want to reach out and slap somebody. I mean, we just got to get, every now and then, I just look to heaven and I say, God, I don't know. Right now, I'm having all kinds of emotions. I don't know whether it's my age or I'm just getting too much estrogen up in here. But I'm swinging right now, and I just need to deal with it. I say, God, help me. I do. I say, God, help me out loud. Because I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like the way I'm thinking. This is a battle. You don't just get to stroll into blessing. The devil has got a maze for you to walk to, but Jesus is the light of the world. He'll shine the light, put you in the right direction if you're willing to walk through it. The first enemy of increase is average, average thinking. Just kind of, just I just, everything's okay. I'm okay, you're okay. Just thinking in terms of, I, I just want to be an average believer. I just kind of want to, to fit in. I just kind of want to blend in. I, I, just, I don't want too much. I don't want to, well, if you ever get too much, just give us a call. Just give us a call. If you ever get too much. I have never heard anybody in their right mind say, I'm just too happy. Please don't make me happier. <laughs> I'm just too blessed. Please don't bring any more. I'm feeling too good. I need a little sickness to come on up in here. <laughs> How stupid that sounds, right? And it's the same with finances and money. For you to say, you know, I just, uh, my daddy was scared to death of money. He was one of the smartest men I ever knew. Created things, invented things. One of the, but he always was scared to death of money. So he used to tell my brothers here, am I right? He'd say, I just, I, I just don't want any more. I just don't want any more. And, and, and I'd think, Dad, but I'm your son and I do. I'll take it. Go ahead and make more. We'll take it off your hands. You don't have to have it. We'll handle it. And that's how I grew up with that mentality. And one day... I realized how stupid my mentality was. Why didn't I want more? Because I had to explain it to religious people. I was scared to death to explain to religious people that God wanted me to be blessed. A guy gave me a, a brand new Suburban in 1999. Brand new, 100 miles on. Nobody had ever given me anything like that. 
And, and I got to, he said, can, he owned a bunch of stuff. He said, Here, here's your new Suburban tires, wheel, nerf bars. I look so cool in that thing. It upgraded me, I'm telling you. I got in it, and I started driving down the road. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to tell church people? And you know what God said to me? He said, you care more about what they think than what I think. And I'm the one that gave it to you. So you just tell them I gave it to you. He said, I know I didn't physically, but I put it on that man's heart. And that, what that man told me was, he said, look, when he told me he's going to give it to me, he said, uh, I looked at him and said, you know, everything I have belongs to God. I may have to give it away. If I have to give it away, I just want you to know if God tells me to, I will. He looked at me and said, I don't really care what you do with it. I got to get God off my back. And we have been friends now for almost 20 years. He is a dear, dear friend. And I learned a lot in that process. Don't be ashamed of blessing. You've got to get over that. That's average thinking. Thinking, well, you know, I don't want people to get mad at me. They get mad at you. It's their stinking problem, not yours. You just tell them, I just obey Jesus. I just obey Jesus. That's what I do. Average measures goal instead of God. Paul said, I'm measuring God. I know what God's God's got a prize for me. I, I'm pressing, I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize. He said, I'm seeing what God has beyond the strain. God's got something for you beyond the strain of what you're currently experiencing. I just met a couple in the lobby. They sit right back there. Those two seats right there are pretty anointed. They uh I, I don't it's the first time I met them. I've seen them, but I haven't met them. I'm standing in the lobby after teaching this, the first service at 9.30. They come up to me and say, we got to tell you something. I had never had a conversation with them. So we got to tell you something. She said, we just started tithing a few months ago. She said, I have closed more. I don't know what she does. I don't know. But when you get the numbers, I want to figure out what she does. She said, I just closed $43 million worth of deals. I almost went into praying in tongues. And I said, well, hold it, hold it. Put this in perspective. What do you usually close before you started tithing? She said, I'd close about $30 million. You do the math on how much she went up from $30 million to $43 million closing deals. She said, but what you said today, i got to change some things yet. She said, I've been tithing off of the net. Starting next week, I'm tithing off the gross. I said, well, you'll be grossly blessed instead of netly blessed. See, average thinking is, I've already increased by $13 million. Why would I want to give off the gross? I'm doing great. She's realized because if net's good, imagine what gross is. It's about changing the way you think. Don't have an average mindset and just try to figure out, I'm going to be okay. It's okay. We're doing good. We're doing okay. It's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Average people don't believe for the best. They simply believe for better. Quit, stop believing for it's going to get better. No, it's going to get best. I'm going to have the best of everything that God has. And you know what? That gets up in your business because religious says, well, I shouldn't want the best. Let me tell you, if you have a child, don't you want your child to have the best? I want my kids to have the best. Well, if I, being a sinner, want the best for my kids, what about a perfect God saying, I want the best for my children? Always seeking God for the best. You say, well, that's, isn't that 
No, it's what God wants. That's why he gave his son. That's why he gave us promises. Want the best. Want the best. We don't often look at giving and finances like we really ought to. In Malachi chapter 3, when God says, we talk about Malachi 3.10, if you bring the whole tithe in, God was rebuking them saying, you have robbed me. He says, go ahead, go home and read Malachi chapter 3. He said, you've robbed me. How have you robbed me? You've robbed me of your tithes and offerings. That's what God's telling them in the book of Malachi. A friend of mine is a missionary, Christ for the Nations, and he'd travel all over the world. They had outreaches all over the world, and, and everywhere he would go speak, there would be a driver that would fly. When he'd fly in, they'd pick him up, and, and of course, the drivers are real honored. You, you might have heard of this guy if I mentioned his name, but the drivers who'd pick him up, you know, they always wanted to help him, which is really nice. You know, he's traveled hours and hours overseas, and, and a driver came up one time and said, you know, Mr. So-and-so, can, can, I, can I help you with your luggage? My friend stopped. Held his luggage, looked at him and said, let me ask you something, young man. Do you tithe? Guy looked back at him kind of strangely and, and he said, well, Mr. So-and-so, I don't. He said, then you ain't touching my luggage. If you rob from God, you'll rob from me. <laughs> and he took his luggage and put it in the car himself and held on to it. You say, well, that's silly. No, it's not really silly. Think about how arrogant mankind is. That we can disobey the Bible and think everything's going to be okay. Now, God's not going to judge you, punish you. You can even go to heaven. But let me tell you something. He wants to bring heaven to your earth and blessing to your life. God has the best for us, but we allow ourselves to measure God's blessing through our own sinful nature. Instead of realizing it's not our performance, it's our obedience. That's how come there are people that aren't even Christians that obey the principle of tithing and offering, but they don't go to church. They don't even believe. They, they just know that giving has produced for them a return. I've known people say, I don't believe in God, but what can I do to help you? And they continue to get blessed. It's a principle. Seed time and harvest is a principle. Now, God said, I would above all things you prosper in health even as your soul prospers. So what he would say to that person is, I need your soul to really prosper for this to be most beneficial to you, but the principle will still work. I met a guy uh, on vacation this year uh, who has a blueberry farm. Doesn't know God to save his life. But I spent a couple of days with him and throughout the days on vacation. We are staying at the same place. I was really interested. He lives in Canada but drives over to the U.S. and has these big blueberry farms. Just blowing up. And I want to know, what are you doing? You see, people in the world get this idea, if I work and do the right things, the right things will happen. And you know what? If you do the right things, the right things will happen. The Bible says to him who knows the right thing to do does not do it to him, it's sin. So if you know the right thing to do, and I'll get to that in just a moment, then do it. Average thinks this way. Average makes us critics instead of candidates. People who are critical of blessing will never be a candidate for blessing. When I see someone who gets blessed, let me tell you something. I'm going to go over and applaud them, and I'm going to celebrate with them. Brian Heyer got the Mustang I wanted. Six, it's mosaic blue. How many horsepower? 600 something? 670 horsepower. 
Holy Ghost is all over that. <laughs> but I didn't go, well, I can't believe God. I preach, I do all this stuff, and he got the Mustang. I don't covet and I don't criticize. I want to be a candidate myself. And you know how I do it? I keep sowing and I keep growing. Just keep sowing. Say, crazy. No, I'm not average. Because I realized a long time ago, generosity releases creativity, opportunity, and destiny into my life. Sitting at a restaurant in Tulsa at a conference. I was living in Texas. I was up doing a conference in Tulsa. Sitting at the restaurant in this hotel. I was the only one there. There were five wait staff around and one of them waiting on me. And I watched them all stand around. And finally one of them comes over and waits on me. I'm the only one there. And I guess they were wondering who's going to get the guy. I mean, how why would he be coming at this time? Everybody's already eating. We just want to hang out. No, one person comes over. And as she's waiting on me, the Spirit of God told me, you give her the biggest tip she's ever had in her life. And he told me what it was. He said, I want you to leave her a $100 bill. I wanted to say, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I'm the only one there. I leave a $100 bill, go up to pay my bill. I'm walking out into the parking lot to get in my car, and I see this little waitress that waited on me running out with, with <laughs> the money. Sir, sir, I think you made a mistake. You know what you gave me? I said, yeah, I gave you a $100 bill. She stopped in her tracks, and she quit chasing me and turned around. <laughs> Smart. You see, there's tithing, which is the tenth, which is not optional, and then there's giving. That's the reason he says... I will open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you won't have room. That's the tithe. Then he says, if you'll give, it'll be given back. This is separate. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'll cause men to give into your lap. You release something in the heavenlies when you sow. If you want an apple orchard and you've got apple seeds in your garage, they're not going to grow on your concrete. You've got to sow them in the ground. And then you got to water them. Listen, when I sow money, I pray over every investment I have right now. God, I'm just my, my investment's blessed. If you want to get blessed, just ask what I'm in. I pray over everything and say, God, I command a blessing on what I have invested in. Because I want to be able to give to other people. I want to be able to give. I desire to be able to give. I don't want blessed just because of me. I'm a happy man. But I know that God wants me to bless people who are trying and testing. The Bible says, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven. Average thinking will never get you the supernatural response that you want. Average makes us live from the platform of desperation instead of anticipation. In other words, there are people who can believe God for money when they're broke, but not when they're not. I want you to start praying for more than God to pay your electric bill. Because he'll do that. Ask and you will receive. Problem is, all we're asking for is the electric bill. And the reason we're only asking for the electric bill to be paid is because we know we ain't given to God in tithing. And God somehow comes through anyway. 
And you go, what would happen if I said, you know, God, hey, listen, uh, I'm praying over the tithe that I brought in last week and, and the gift that I gave. Let me tell you, the people I've been talking to, one other business owner in this church owns another business. Their increase over the last three months has been 28% a month on their business. They said, we finally started tithing. We'd give 100 here and 200 there. But when you started talking about it, we started tithing. And all of a sudden, our business is up to almost 30% more than it's ever been. Another couple, real estate couple, I, I, they were having marital problems about two months ago, three months ago. I ran into them. I'd known him for a long time. Came back. I came back to the city. I meet this guy at the gym. We had known each other. And he's telling me, he said, you know, our marriage is bad. He said, we're going to come to church. He started coming to church. And then he told me, we're going to start tithing. We've never done that before. We don't have the money to do it, but we wrote the check. We're broke. Wrote the check. They came to me last week. This is just a few months now. Came to me last week. And so I said, well, I'll see you next Sunday. They said, well, we'll see you, but it's going to be quick because we've got so many closings on houses that we barely have time to turn around. These are not made-up stories, folks. Let me tell you something. God wants to bring blessing to all of us, but we have to be willing to position ourselves for that blessing. And you know what? Don't get in a hurry. Nikita's sitting over here. She's been, I've been her pastor forever. We're both, we're like in our 30s, I think, when I met her. And now, I don't know how old we are. Uh, anyway, but she came to me one time, and I didn't even really know her. She said, Pastor, would you pray for me? She said, I work for a company. I make, you know, I think it was 40000 or was it... It was less than that. And they told her, they said, you will never get promoted and you'll never make any more money than you're making right now. I love her story. I've been telling it now for 20 years. And she said, what do I do? So said, we're going to pray. We prayed. And at her maturity, Paul said, God will reveal it to you. She came back to me next week and said, Pastor, God told me to stay at the company. I thought, well, praise God. I'd have told you to left, but I'm not God. I said, get out of there quick, honey. They told her, you don't have enough education. You don't have this. They told her all the things. reasons. She said, God told me to stay. She's making over six figures today, traveled the world, works from home. Her boss is in Chicago. She's been traveling the world, making over six figures. Here we are. Come on, Jesus. Why? Because she heard God. She's a giver. She's a tither. I'm telling you, that, that woman, if God tells her to do something, she didn't even question it. She just does it. These are things. Let me tell you all something. You say, well, that's, that, that's good. See, we become a critic instead of a candidate. God wants you to be a candidate, not a critic. Number two, enemy of increase is our belief system. You have to change the way you think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right now, some of you are wrestling. I told you I'd tell you stuff that will mess you up. That couple that did the $43 million, she closes $43 million. Instead of 30, she just said, you know what? I never thought about giving off of the, uh, of the gross. She said, starting next week, I give off the gross. Now, you know what? I'll be honest with you. If I'd have been her, I'd really, I don't know if I'd ever said that to me. Well, I would have because that's me. I'm the same way. Oh, I found out today that if I give off the gross, it's even. I'm just telling you, when you get a revelation, you change your belief system, it changes the way you live and it changes what you do. I think about influence. I think about Abraham's father who, who was supposed to go into the promised land but stopped halfway uh, there and said, this is good enough. This is good enough at Haran. And Abraham, God spoke to Abraham and said, I want you to leave here. I want you to go to the place that I wanted your father to go. It's the place flowing with milk and honey. It's the best place. But his father stopped at Haran saying, well, this is okay. Let me tell you something. I don't want to live in the land of okay. 
I want to live in the land of more than enough. And Abraham, he said, go to a place I will show you. Abraham, what is it? He's the father of faith. And he blessed Abraham. He said, look in the, the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. This is your heritage. This is your lineage. This is going to be your legacy. And you know what? Abraham did it, and God did it for Abraham. You know, God is ready to do in response to our willingness to obey. God is ready to do. But you know what? It takes a first step. It takes that first moment. It's what I call believing deadly doctrines. And you can go talk to your religious family, or those of you watching online right now can call your religious family in from the kitchen and say, listen to the heresy this guy's teaching. All I'm teaching is the Bible. Everything I've told you is biblical. I'm not making anything up here. I'm quoting scripture. Psalm 512. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with favor as with a shield. Let me tell you something. I pray that prayer all the time. God, you said you bless me. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You said you bless the righteous. And you said not only that, you surround me with favor. As with a shield. That means I have favor everywhere I turn. North, south, east, west. Northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest. Everywhere I look. Why? Because I know what the Bible says. And people who come and say, well, you I've had people attack Joel about prosperity. Well, do you believe Joel? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> I know Joel, and I like Joel. And they criticize him in the gym. I said, time out. I said, have you really listened to him? He's just telling you the truth. The truth cuts two ways. It's a double-edged sword. And let me tell you, first off, it wants to cut away the doubt and unbelief in our life so that God can release the truth of blessing in our life. Nobody will ever, I'll never apologize for the grace message or the blessing message. Never. Because they're in the Bible, in the faith message. I'll never apologize for those. These are things that unleash the blessings of God. So you have to change your belief system. One person said, the circumstances of life, the events of life, and the people around me in life do not make me what I am, but reveal what I am. So the things in my life, all the things going on around me, don't make me what I am. The Bible makes me what I am. The truth of God's word makes me what I am. Number three, enemy of increase is self-condemnation. Shame from your past will keep you from the blessing of your future. When I came back to Oklahoma City, it would have been real easy for me to just say, you know, I, I can't come back here. I can't do this. Look at my past. Well, you know what? If you're going to look at my past, you've got to look at your past. Amen. And none of our past looked that good, quite frankly. We were all going to hell before Jesus decided to hang on the cross. He said, but I never did anything as bad as you. Really? I don't see any place in the Bible that categorizes sin. Well, that wasn't a loud enough amen because y'all sitting there going, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not letting the shame of my past keep me from the blessing of my future. This is where I was sown, and this is where I'll be grown right here. I was sown into this city, and I'll grow in this city. And there ain't a devil in hell that will keep me out of the place of my blessing. This is my power spot. This is where God said, I planted you. I could have gone somewhere else and God said, you ain't going to grow there because I didn't plant you there. I planted you here. Yes. You just sometimes have to get real stubborn with your own self and say, I'm going to be where God's blessing is. I'm not going to apologize. This is where God's blessing is for Mark Crow. So I'm going to be blessed up in here. I'm glad y'all are as excited about it as I am. This is your place of blessing. 
people think, well, I like this church, I like that church. We got to quit liking churches and start figuring out where God's planted us. See, God will plant some of y'all up in here that don't even like me, just so you'll grow. Because if you, to know me is to love me. Yeah, God's told me that before. See, I want you to be around that person. God, I don't like them, but I want you to like them. Because your blessing is connected to liking them. Because until you do, I can't unlock what I have. Okay, God, I'm there. I'll be like a kitty cat on a cold night. Meow. <laughs> Curling up next to you. Meow. And that's all some of you will remember. <laughs> Thank you very little. I don't know what he said, but he said something about meow. Kitty cat on a cold night. Meow. <laughs> Romans 7, Paul said, what a wretched man I am. This is the same guy that said I pressed toward the mark. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sin... Uh, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. This is chapter 7 when Paul said, Why do I not do the things I want to do and do the things I don't want to do? Paul was wrestling with his humanity. And you will wrestle with your humanity to experience God's deity, his promise, his power, his blessing. You've got to fight through it. You've got to strain. You've got to press. You've got to believe. You've got to keep a right belief system in your life to experience what God has for you. I fight it pretty much every day. I wake up and the devil comes and says, how dare you to come back to this city? I've had people actually say, I can't believe he'd come and start a church three miles from the church he planted. I didn't ask for this building. This building asked for me. I didn't ask to be here. I'm not against anybody. I'm not defying anybody. I'm obeying the only somebody that really matters that I obey. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And I will be wherever he wants me to be. Criticize me if you want. You can be a critic, but you cannot be a candidate. If you are a critic, if you want to be a candidate, you have to rise up and say, Jesus, I am willing to be planted wherever you want me planted. Let them talk. I ain't going to walk. Nobody's stealing my blessing. Jesus paid too much for it. If I bought you an Aston Martin, you best be going to the dealership and getting it. I paid for it. I don't want it sitting there on the showroom floor. I want you driving it. God sent his son to pay for me to live the abundant life. I'm not going to let it sit and rot. I'm going to walk it out. I have to talk to myself this way every day. I do. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy he comes to rob. He want, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll pay for this message. I'll fight tomorrow morning for this message. I will, I'm telling the devil, God, I can't believe you said that. And then you talked about a kitty cat and you went, meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. I will pay for meowing tomorrow. 
How silly you are, Mark. How stupid that was. Telling people that God's going to bless them. What, what are you thinking? What if it doesn't happen? What if they do this? And, look, I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for the message. Talk to God. Condemnation. There is no more condemnation. Enemy number four is doubt. Doubt says, I can't believe. Unbelief won't believe. Doubt is honesty. Unbelief is obstinacy. Look, you got to deal with the doubt. Doubt saying, God, forgive me for my unbelief is what this guy told Jesus when he needed him healed. we got to stop the doubt. I doubt if God would do that for me. I doubt if it would work for me. I, I doubt that anything good will ever happen. Through self-doubt, we lose our self sense of self-worth. You think God would do that for me? No, I know he will. I know he will. When I was going through my darkest time and lost the church that I gave my life to, the greatest loss for me was not preaching. The greatest loss was me, for me was giving. I am a giver to the core. You have no idea. I've given more cars away than most of you have bought. Because God told me to. Everything I have belongs to him. Everything. The reason victory was blessed when I was there wasn't because I was great, but because I was obedient. Some of you were there when I gave away a hundred and some thousand dollar offering at Easter, gave it all away. And I will keep it up. The devil hates it because not one thing he can do to corrupt the seed that I sow into the kingdom of God. He can't get to it. I refuse to give one inch of earth space that Jesus paid for me to possess. I will be more blessed in my latter life than I was my former I will walk in greater anointing in my future than I did my past. I will see the glory of God in greater measure than I've ever known in my life. This auditorium will be filled more times than we can count. Your life will be more blessed than you ever thought it could be. You're going to get so happy here that you're going to have to cover your mouth. Why? Because faith moves mountains and I've got faith. I will not allow any powers of darkness to defeat the purpose and destiny of God in this place. Amen. Now, the real test won't be today. The test will be to next Sunday and the next Sunday for you to go because this is the last, this is the last enemy of increase. It's called escapism. I've got to escape this message. I have to escape what I've heard. I've got you. You can never escape the word of God. It will be there with you for the rest of your life now. You made yourself. You submitted yourself to these truths. And now that you know these truths, you become responsible and accountable to these truths. Your gym, getting ready to be blessed. Don't you ever give up. Let me tell you something. As you give, your gym is going to be blessed. And God, I promise you right now, you guys have fought, fought, fought. But let me just tell you right now, God's getting ready to release something as you obey him. God's going to release it. 
and you're not going to have to fight the way you've been fighting, but you're going to have to continue to obey and fight a different fight, which means I will keep doing what God said do. Now, let me tell you something. It will always stretch you to obey the Lord. This last week, I was in, I was in uh, fighting to button up my place in Port Aransas. I got hit. And um, while I was down there cleaning up my mess, I found out Irma was coming to Florida. My two grandsons live in Miami, my daughter and my son-in-law. I'm down there looking at my mess, and I don't know if I said this at 9.30 or I said it here. When you talk a lot, you forget. It has nothing to do with age. But I had structure insurance. I had flood insurance. 108-page document policy. A friend of mine's an attorney from Houston. He was in working with another friend of mine on his house and his policy. I had him read mine, 108 pages. He got to page 57. And uh, I had to get rid of couches. I had to get rid of because water had gotten in. And on page 57, now you'll love this. If you're an insurance broker... I challenge you to tell the truth. Because my insurance company didn't. And I want right now, and I, if I hadn't had a Red Bull, I'd tell you the name of them. But I, I, he read my policy. He got to page 57 out of 108. You're going to love this. I've been paying for this insurance for years. And it says, and I quote, any flood damage caused by wind-blown rain that enters your property or a storm that has a name, your contents are not covered. Wow. That's what I did. <laughs> wow. Page 57, just let me know all that money I paid for, content I ain't going to get. Now, here's what happens. So on Tuesday, that was Tuesday, and then I hear Irma's coming, and God says, I want you to fly your grandkids and your daughter and son out of Miami to Oklahoma City. So I called my travel agent and said, I'm just going to obey the Lord. So I called my travel agent. My travel agent said, Mark, he said, I can't, they're in a seat in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, Tampa, Orlando, Daytona. He said, everybody is running from this storm. I said, is there anything in Jacksonville? He said, I got four seats. I said, book them. And, and I didn't even ask him how much it cost because I knew that if I did, I might change book them. To hold them. He said, that'll be $2,000. I went, book them. Devil, you are not going to steal from me and get by with it. I just lost thousands on furniture. Now I'm going to sow 2000 into saving somebody's life. Deal with it. <laughs> Call my daughter. I said, get in a car. Rent it. Go up to Jacksonville. Fly out. I've got my grandkids and my daughter here. We've been watching Irma all week. But let me tell you something. God is good. You know why I can do that? Because God promised me he'd take care of every need I had. He said, I'll meet every need you have according to my riches and glory by my son, Christ Jesus. So let me tell you something. I know that I'm going to get more than what I spent flying them. Now, that didn't count the return flight. Come on, somebody. Yes, indeed. You see, I'm not, I'm not going to try to escape the fact, well, it's not my problem. These are my kids. I'll just pray for them. God said, so you don't pray for them. You take care of them. That's right. 
See, when you hear something from God, you need to obey that something from God. When you hear the word of God, you need to do the word of God. And the reason I say that, I got hit harder this last week, thousands upon thousands. And I just looked at my attorney and I laughed, and we call it the 57 clause. And when I talked to him, I said, how's page 57? <laughs> Out of 108 pages on that policy. So the devil owes me a lot of money. And, you know, this week, he's going to pay. I'm just going right to demonic first savings and loan. And I'm going to make a withdrawal. I'm just going to walk into the vault. You see, I don't have anything to fear because I'm a giver. I'm a tither and I'm a giver. I don't have anything to fear. I just don't know where my money's coming from, but God does. See, that's all you got. See, if I wasn't tithing and giving, I'd be going, oh, man, you know, but no, I'm a tither and a giver. The devil robbed from the wrong guy. The thief. See, but when you hear something, here's what happens. Escapism is, I don't want to hear it. I want to get out. I want to run. I want to leave. Do you think Moses wanted to go back to Egypt? I don't think he did. He, was, he had run. But God said, now I'm going to send you back because you can't ever run and get the victory that I want you to have. So here's the point. I love all of you. I love you dearly. And those of you who have... You know, never given. I love you as much as those who have. This is not a love issue, folks. This is a truth issue. You know, I love everybody. God loves everybody. So, well, doesn't God love? God loves me as much as he does you. Sure he does. But you know what? We handcuff God. If I don't forgive, the Bible says I won't be forgiven. I've got, I've got to, I got, I, if, I, if I don't, I, I can look at God. But you know, you need to forgive me. God says, but I told you if you forgive them, I forgive you. Okay, God, I forgive. Well, God, you, I, need, I need help. I told you if you give, it'd be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It'd come back to you more ways than it came to me, from me, to me. He said, I'll do that for you. So here's what I'm saying to y'all. Look, I'm old enough and confident enough now to know. Let me just tell you this. God is going to continue to bring stories into and out of this, this church like we've never heard before. I, I, I'm going to find out. I want to know what closing $43 million feels like. I want to ask her. Tell, tell me how that feels. Do you get like, goosebumps? Does your heart palpitate? I don't even know what she does. I, I, I don't even understand. But I know this. I know that $30 million plus 13 equals $43 million. Goosebumps. <laughs> what I'm telling you is, is everything in the Word of God works if you work everything in the Word of God. Yes. You can believe what you want to believe. You can pick and choose what, whatever. And you can, you can listen to all the religious criticism that you want to listen to, and you'll be in the same place next year you are now. Insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. Don't be insane. Father, we thank you today that you gave your only son and all you've asked us to do is to give you praise and give you worship, to forgive and to give, to be willing and obedient, to honor and to trust, to commit, not consider. And so, God, today I pray that this word drops in the hearts of every one of us and those watching online and listening online. Those who have much will have more. Those who have little will have increase. Lord, I thank you that you are not a liar. The Bible says you are not a man that you should lie. 
You are a God who is faithful to your promise. And I want everyone in this church and those watching online to experience the outpouring that you have for them. Good measure, pressed together, shaken down, shaken up, running over, God. That's what I want. In Jesus' name, amen.